now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Tuesday edition of the Two Guys at a Mic Show. Big Dog and a Coach coming at you right up until 11 o'clock. Right now, they only allow us 58 minutes and 22 seconds. But who's counting a sports talk time? We're trying to work on that, hopefully, two hours in the not-too-distant future. The coach of the Big Dog with you, David Olson, producer extraordinaire on the other side of the glass. Plenty to talk about. Of course, it is a residue Tuesday, which means we can pick up some of the residue left over from the busy weekend in sports. But uh, certainly some baseball to talk about yesterday, NBA playoff action, and as per always, we will take a flying leap off the sports page into Ventures Unknown. Not sure what that means, but that's what the script says. A little bit of music, and then we will kick off in the 35-yard line and see who picks up the ball and returns it. very much david olson our producer for that scintillating if not inspirational music and speaking of inspirational it's not going to happen often this year at least we don't expect it to but uh, both our teams have been somewhat of a surprise the cubs maybe even a little bit more of a surprise than the white Sox. but yesterday both teams win cubs win and the white Sox win here in the fine city of chicago we got to celebrate that again it's probably not going to happen all that often this year, but a couple of nice victories yesterday. We can certainly talk some baseball. We got a little baseball round them up and wrap them up for you as well. And um, NBA action yesterday, and I'll be the first to admit up front, watched very little NBA basketball yesterday, but we do know the Oklahoma City Thunder, what was it, 119 to 90? Wow. Over the LA Lakers. Now we had this game, I think it was the big dog as I welcome in my good partner, Joel. Radwanski, I think, Big Dog, you predicted yesterday that it would be Oak City in seven. But that yeah. was a statement game last night by a young Oklahoma City team who had been out. They hadn't played for like a week. A lot of people thought the, they would show some rust. Uh, not the case. How are you, buddy? I'm doing absolutely phenomenal, Coach. And I do predict a close series and a bunch of great games. As a matter of fact, I said yesterday that there would be uh, at least two games that come down to uh, like a last-second shot attempt in between Boy. Durant and Kobe. Not there's last no night. Those, there, oh, no, absolutely not, Coach. Uh, I, I, I honestly, and, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, I have made it a point just because of ESPN's horrible, like, pushing basketball down our throat and not giving us any hockey to focus on hockey during this playoff series. And I'm so glad I have because that, that game last night in New York – a one was they were both blowouts, but a three nothing blowout was a lot easier to watch between New Jersey and New York. I watched very little. I watched a lot of baseball, a little bit of hockey, and a tiny bit of basketball. Every time I put the basketball game on, did the Lakers score? And they had forty two points, and then like an hour later, I know there was a halftime in between, but still, 
Still, they only had like 50. Like it, legitimately an hour later, they had eight points on the board. With yeah. the 12 minutes of that was halftime. Everybody talks about the great offensive uh, explosion of the Oklahoma City Thunder, but they can play some defense too, or maybe wow. part of it was probably just the Lakers not shooting well. Yeah, well, you know, the whole rust versus rest thing, you know, I know that's a cliche and that's what everybody talks about, but it is how you handle it. It is totally how you handle it because I would remember, I usually think it's the better team because when the Chicago Bulls were dominant and just say they had like a crazy series like where the Knicks like pushed them to seven and somebody else had a had rest, that only happened the one time and there was a couple other times like against Utah when they had Utah and all the rest. The Bulls dominated the first game. It was like, wow, they looked sharp and they looked great. Or if they had rest, we're like, wow, they looked rested. I don't think any of that matters. I really just who's better? Who is the better team? And Oklahoma City was definitely better yesterday. Could be like a romantic relationship where you meet at first and you know, maybe they dazzle you in the very beginning. Talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder yesterday, mm-hmm. but and I hate it's kind of a weird quantum leap analogy to make, but if you Put it in the sense of a romantic relationship, big dog. Things will fall into place pretty soon. It will be a comfortable marriage. And then who knows what happens in Game 7 at the very end of it. But right now we're in the infatuation stage, if we could use, again, that quantum uh, analogy. Yeah, well, it's Game 1. L.A. can take a step back. It's still only 0-1. I don't know what the final score was. I know the Lakers should be thoroughly embarrassed, that their fandom should be a little bit upset. For I mean, obviously... Not only did you play poorly, you didn't show up if you're down 35 in the third quarter. Because that's that's beyond playing poorly. That is like your effort must not have been there or your preparation wasn't right. Has there ever been a more surprising good player, a guy that we did not think coming out of college, that's become, I think you could safely call him a star, than James Harden, at least in recent years? Um, Well, well, definitely over the last couple of years, yeah, without a doubt, he is the most out-of-nowhere star in the NBA of this mm-hmm. year. I mean, we all knew he was good last season, but he is now, like, a legitimate NBA weapon. He is in the top 35 players in the game of basketball right now. But, I, but I'd even go a step before last season, Big Dog. I was going all the way back, you know, all the way back a couple of years ago when coming out of college, people were surprised that Oklahoma City took him that early as a number one pick. They thought he had some potential at Arizona uh-huh. State. He scored points, but his game was kind of awkward and odd, as it is now, and they didn't think it would translate to the NBA. So I think from his college prognosis to where he is now two years later, one of the most surprising in recent memory. You know, we, we call some people odd because they don't look as smooth and as yes. skillful possibly. Yeah, and you're right. That's a, I'm not ripping your description, but, you know, sometimes when – a lot like Kevin McHale almost couldn't get a shot because yep. people thought he was too mechanical. Well, his mechanics basically, when we talk about Tim Duncan being the best power forward of all time, you throw Carl Malone. We had that little conversation yesterday. Kevin McHale is the most mechanical, awkward-looking dude ever, and I would take him right now as my starting power forward on my team, any team that I ever had. So, And James Harden's like that, Coach. He does look a little strange playing the game basketball. Are you here to, uh, we'll get to baseball in just a bit, uh, but uh, referring to yesterday's show, are you here to make the statement now that we said there were seven guys in NBA history who were a step above everybody else? Oscar Robertson, Michael Jordan, you had the three, uh, you had Bird and Magic, that's four, and the three centers, Russell, Chamberlain, and Jabbar. Could anybody crack that pack? Are you saying that we should have included Carl Malone in that discussion? Because I, oh, I, no, I still no, put no, him no, in no, notch no, below. No, not at all, not at all. Okay. 
as a, and, and flat out, I'm telling you, Tim Duncan is the best power forward of all time. So if you go to a power forward, yep. you got to go to Tim Duncan. Okay. And, 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 if, and if you just rank them by, okay, I'm going to create teams, the best point guard, off guard, blah, 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 then Tim Duncan actually would be in the top five mm-hmm. if you consider it that way in my book. If you go by position, uh, you want to check in on that. We threw it out there yesterday, had a little bit of discussion on it. Is there anyone we're forgetting that should crack that top seven, the best ever to play the game of basketball, Julius Irving, maybe 888-463-6748, the phone number. But uh, either way, it was it was one game, one game only, but Oklahoma City all over the Lakers. You said you watched some hockey last night, Big Dog. Very impressive. Yeah, and uh, it's pretty cool because right, let's think of another team. Uh, it's hockey now, and hockey and basketball, I would think in terms of what your body feels like after the game is probably pretty, pretty similar in terms of how bad it is. Obviously, there's different muscles, and one one you can hit a lot harder than the other. Uh, but the Rangers are taking on the Devils. The Devils, all they got to do is get on a bus and, and drive to Manhattan and go to Madison Square Garden. They've been done for a while. The Rangers just get done with the seven-game series against the Capitals. Right, so if if it was the Lakers, they should get blown out, right? Well, according to them, was they were they were good. They didn't have any rust, and they dominated that game against the the, the Devils. They shouldn't say they dominated. The Devils dominated the second period, but Lundqvist was standing on his head the whole entire time. So the 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 Rangers, who just got out of a grueling series, they play a phenomenal game in Game One, and they win. That's why I don't believe in rust versus rust, coach. That's all a bunch of garbage. Speaking of standing on your head. By the way, the Rangers take on the Devils. I think that was Steven Spielberg's first film as a young 22-year-old, and it starred a uh, a eight-year-old Johnny Depp. I think very. It's a campy film, Big Doug. You might enjoy it. Rangers taking on the Devils. Well, you know what's funny is Johnny Depp is like 54 now, and he looks 31, <laughs> or maybe 29. Well, when he was eight, he looked like he was 72, which is strange. <laughs> I think he might be what he call it. The, I forget the name of the guy that gets younger as he gets older. Oh, Benjamin yeah. Button. Oh, that was a great movie. I got to watch that. I got to watch that. Brad Pitt, right? Yeah, that was yeah, a, that sure. was a very cool movie. Now, Johnny Depp says we get sidetracked here. And if you're new to the show, welcome to, we might as well call this show Sidetrack Radio. But Johnny Depp is starring in a new movie based on a soap opera that we watched, Big Dog, in our early teenage years, in our 10, 11, 12, 13 years, called Dark Shadows. Are you aware of that one? Well, I'm a, I'm aware of the movie that he's starring in. I had no idea that it's based on a television show because I should have just figured that considering that there's no more ideas left for a bunch of writers. The, the 27 guys that write every single show and movie in, inside Hollywood, <laughs> that uh, I, there's no ideas left in them. That's so. pretty much correct. My interest, even though I watched the soap opera a little bit, and it did involve vampires, kind of a modern or a uh, old-school version of today's, I guess it's True Blood, which I also don't watch. But my interest in, uh, level in watching that movie is somewhere between zero and point five, so I don't think you'll be going to it either. It sounds like. No, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. So. Thank you very much. But speaking of, you said uh, who was the goalie that stood on their head? Uh, Longfist of uh, of the New York Rangers. Uh-huh. I'm Nick Okay. <laughs> you okay over there? Yeah, I'm all yeah, right. I'm yeah, right. he stood on his head too in Game Seven. I watched the last period and a half of their victory over the Capitals, and uh, I don't think he made a ton of saves. I think it was twenty-three, twenty-four saves, but there were some quality chances by the Washington mm-hmm. Caps, and uh, boy, he made some unbelievable acrobatic saves to keep the uh, Rangers uh, ahead in that game. They had a two-nothing lead. I think he gave up one goal, and they won that game two to one. 
So yeah, I, and uh, the Rangers are going to look awful, awful tough to beat in this series. But I also expect seven games in this series. Mm-hmm. All right. But speaking that, of, of standing on your head, there's a young lady, David. I don't know. Maybe you can find that on the internet. I saw it come across my informational fortitude yesterday somewhere where she is going to stand on her head or do handstands every day, I think for an hour, at different locations. And they've got pictures of her in the mountains somewhere, you know, traveling all over the world to raise money. And, again, I'm going to try to remember the charity, but I don't know if it was for schools and uh, something in Uganda. I don't know if it was for food or for education, but what a cool idea. Handstands, there's a name for it, Handstands for Humanity or something like that. But she's going to do a one-hour headstand. Big Doug, I thought maybe the two of us hopefully could get her on the show and um, talk her up a little bit, maybe raise a little bit of money for that fine charity. Well, you, you know, uh, you brought up a great idea for a charity, but you brought it up. You're like, hey, you know, and and this is on like, uh, on like January 31st. You're like, the month of February, we should walk to all the different uh, yes. high school gyms and and uh, watch high school basketball games. We call it the hike for hoops. Yeah, I love the idea. I don't know if we're going to be able to do that. So I was thinking this year, why don't you just send me down south, and I'll get on a bike, and I'll ride to different football games around the country starting in November. Interesting. When the kayak season's done. we got to come up with a name for that, and we got to come up with a charity that it would benefit. See, we have plenty of time to do it, though. So we were, and we, there's also a chair that we're going to be talking about uh, pretty soon. I, I've got somebody special coming on the air. Soon, Excellent, so. David Olson. Did you uh, find the story? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the headline of the story is called "Giving a Hand for Charity." There you go. And the young girl's name is Julie Dumont. She's from Canada, nice. and uh, she's doing a headstand every day in a different location cool. to raise money to build playgrounds in Uganda. That's what it was. Playgrounds. How cool is that, Big Doug? That, that's the charity the two of us should hook up. Maybe she'll be in the Chicago area. I don't know if I can do a headstand anymore, but you're a blood rush guy. You could probably pull it off. Still flexible? Yeah, the only problem is those uh, if, uh, those Ugandan people, they really won't be able to afford the, uh, afford the insurance for the playground. You know, it's one of those really nice things that's going to end up not really working out in the end. Interesting. You so well, are you saying well. the, the Ugandan lawyers are uh, as litigious oh, as the... Uh, Blood suckers are here in the United States. Sorry, lawyers that are listening. They're merciless, coach. See, I I, I heard. <laughs> I always heard the Ugandan lawyers were much more uh, amicable, but apparently we must be hanging around uh, with no. different Ugandan lawyers. You, you do not want to mess with them, coach. Really? I mean, started all of it, by the way. Mm-hmm. Good old playgrounds, though. You got to have play, playground is. Well, who's gonna, who's gonna who's gonna install these playgrounds? Is it gonna be like the local Ugandan government? So like uh, like the <laughs> playground that was built across the street from my from my house, which the city of Aurora spent one hundred eighty thousand dollars on, and Cloudy and I could have built that thing in a weekend. <laughs> Are you is it, gonna, is it gonna be like that? What is it? I'm a not, couple I, I know, couple swings and a pole? Oh my goodness the the amount the amount of uh, the amount our taxpayers get ripped off by the building of public playgrounds really? and stuff. I don't, yeah, it's, I'm trying to get off on a tangent. you got to come out to my neighborhood, my friend. you got to come out to the uh, poor and forsaken area of Glenview, Illinois, and check out some of the playgrounds. Now, the playgrounds, now nothing, nothing even similar to the playgrounds of my day. they got all these newfangled mm-hmm. toys, and, uh, it, it, you know, it's not just the slides and the swings anymore. you got climbing devices and not mechanical devices, but that you can talk into things. They make noise. They move around. It's all... 
you know, it's become a scientific thing. It's not just throwing up a couple swings anymore. You got to come visit. No, I would love to see those. Yes, I would love to see that because you should see this hundred and eighty thousand dollar park that was built across the street from my house. Like, it's unbelievable. It's, it's about ten by ten. I'm like, we're like hundred and eighty grand. They like the the truck was there for like a half hour and then they left. They're like, oh wow, yeah. that was really worth it. Probably built by the construction company owned by the brother of the mayor of Aurora. I'm just throwing out a wild guess. Uh, basically, Coach, uh, that isn't it's the exact tie, but it, that is exactly what happened out here. And it happens constantly. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm pretty sure that it happens in all of your communities that are listening to us right now. So. Sad. Sad, but true. Well, hopefully the, the Ugandan playgrounds are much better. The Ugandan lawyers won't take too much trouble out of it. And we uh, credit Julie Lemon. I love her name if she... Keeps going on and goes for a movie career. They won't have to pick a movie name for her. That'll work just fine. But we uh, certainly support that charity. If anybody, by the way, has a cause that they are promoting or supporting, uh, we would certainly be happy to do that here on our show. We've got the airwaves to do so, and uh, you can only talk about Cubs and Sox so much. So if you've got a particular charity or cause you're working for, a big event coming up, you are always more than welcome to promote it with the dog and the coach, 888-463. Six seven four eight. Yes, big dog. Yeah, before I start pounding my chest over uh, the beloved Cub, uh, went over the Cardinal last night. So she's doing a handstand for an hour. I'm not even right? sure about that. Okay, just wonder because yesterday uh, somebody on the Virginia Tech campus. I'm pretty sure it was Virginia Tech. It was on the East Coast, so please don't quote me on the Virginia Tech. But they actually a guy pumped his fist in the air. 16 hours straight, and now it's the Guinness Book of World Record. The guy's going to be in the Guinness Book for pumping his hand in the air for 16 hours. There's got to be something that we can do, Coach, as like a duo to get in the Guinness Book of World Record. That's ridiculous. The guy's going to get his name in the Come on. I'm not even sure I'd want that record. Pumping the fist up in the air. I mean, that's about as inane a record as you could possibly get. I have a certain level of pride, Big Doug. Not very high, but a certain level. And the pumping the fist record, that might even be below my Mason-Dixon line. You know what? It's probably a lot more difficult than you think. We're doing it for 16 hours. Yeah, but, but who okay. cares? Well, here, here's the point. is like If you decide to do that, you get everybody, you get all the record people there, they're all counting officially, and, the, and then all of a sudden you get to like 14 hours and you can't do it anymore. You know, and the rest of your life you'd have to live with the shame that you couldn't even break the most mundane record in the history of Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> you probably got to practice for that in all semi-seriouses. You can't. I mean, any of us that would do it for 20 minutes, our arm would get tired. Well, I, I'm with you. I, I, you know, I, I do a lot of physical conditioning, and I was sitting there when I thought of I was like, I don't know if I could do it for 16 hours. And I was like, I have a bad, my shoulders are all jacked up. So there's got to be other stuff that I can do, but I couldn't do that one. Uh, so I, I, just, I thought I thought it was the most mundane record ever. So I, was, I thought she, she was doing actual on handstand for an hour. I was like, she's going to build a lot yeah. of playgrounds. Cause this that's, is going to be, that's incredible. No, 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 I, don't think, I don't think it's for an hour. She's okay. just going and doing a handstand and taking a picture. Okay, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Handstand for an hour would be a, that's a major blood rush. I forgot all Major about that. Blood yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that's possible. You'll be happy to know, Big Dog, as unathletic as I uh, as I was. Well, I wasn't bad. As unathletic in the gymnastics form. I'm going to imagine you probably wasn't your best physical education class. But what, are you, what are you talking about? I can come on. I, I, are you kidding me? I can walk on my hands for at least 25 yards. At least that long. Okay. 
I was going to say, that's the one thing I could do in gym. I actually was able to do the handstand for, I could never do a cartwheel though. And I'm going to imagine a big guy like you with kind of an adverse center of gravity. You probably had a hard time doing the cartwheel back in the day. I, I, the next time I see you, I'll do a cartwheel, a cartwheel as I walk up to you. You can, can still do, do it? That, and I can do that spring. And are you kidding me? I can walk on my hands right now <laughs> for 25 yards. Come on. Big guy uh, like you, you walking on your... A big, guy like, a big guy like, what is my body fat percentage, Coach? Right now, it's probably, it's really good right now. It's, pro, it's definitely below 11%. It pro- might be below 10%. Right I just now. heard a commercial for the most interesting man in the world. The new one has one-third of his body weight is gravitas. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> what, what <is> it? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And on, on, uh, on his birthday, presidents take the day off. <laughs> I love that commercial. Oh, that, uh, they're... Yeah. They have not gone too far and not make me laugh yet. Seriously, there's not been one of those where I was like, "Wow, that was that was pretty good." So, are you, wait, you're saying you don't like them? No, I love them. Oh, My yeah. point is yeah. everyone they they, yeah. they have not gotten old to me yet. Yes. They keep on. <laughs> well, and part of the key is they don't overdo it. They only come out with a new one like once every six months. Very, 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 uh, very clever advertising campaign. There was another one with the same. That same guy does all the voiceovers for. Those same type of commercials. What was it? Budweiser had a great. Um, God, I'm going to forget that campaign. It'll it'll come to me. At any rate, eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. You alluded to the uh, cubby chubby you got going on, big dog. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. You can do some handstands, do some cartwheels. Nobody's talking about a pennant or a World Series, but in a year we expected pretty bad of late. Really, since a three and eleven start, the Cubs have played some good baseball. That was a nice game last night. A little bit of everything. Uh, they they played really really well yesterday. And uh, besides the fact that automatically, if Wolstead stays in their lineup, they're thirty two games below five hundred for one fifth of their game. Okay, because they're zero and thirty two in those games that Wolstead's going to start for the Cubs this year. So in the other hundred and thirty, they got to make up a lot of ground. So when Dempster's pitching. It'd be you know, it'd be awfully nice if they could win some games. And, and yesterday they give the guy a four run lead in the sixth, and he gives it right back. Oh. And they kind of gave. How is it? I'm not mad at Ryan Dumpster. <laughs> no, he is, it's phenomenal. Also, isn't it? This is what a quirk that he finally gets the lead, and he can't even get three out before he gets it back up. It's I heard like, somebody on the radio say yesterday, only half kiddingly, this guy could start the All Star game, be the first ever to start the All Star game and have no wins. I mean. <laughs> He's been the best starter in baseball so far. You're exactly right. It's part humor, part tragedy uh, in the sports sense, of course. He finally, they finally have a breakout inning for him. Was it the inning immediately after Big Dog that he gives the four back up? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was right back. Probably, I, I, what I, would you call it, a, sure. a psychological letdown? Uh, you know what? Let's give the Cardinals a, a little bit of credit, too, because when it comes to Cardinals-Cubs, there's a lot of comebacks both ways. And it's one yes. of those crazy series that, yeah, and it's not like they excuse Dempster at all for not pitching great, but, you know, it's, that's part of what's going on. And plus, the Cardinals are a pretty good offense. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they eventually got to him. And maybe there was, because when Dan Schulman said that, uh, it's funny, I was, all the Cup fans were upset at the job Dan Schulman was doing. I I have no problem with Dan Schulman. He's a, I thought he did an excellent job last night on, on the broadcast, but uh, I'd rather hear Len and Bob, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, 
Yep. He immediately is like, "Oh, let's see how he responds with four runs." Actually, he didn't say that. Well, two of the other idiots that are in the that are those are horrible. The guys with them are bad. Rick Sutcliffe, Rick Sutcliffe, and Aaron Boone. By the way, I well, was tell listening. Aaron Boone to be quiet. My goodness, he, he needed to <laughs> shut up. Um, Pat Hughes said the same thing on the Cubs radio broadcast too. He's talking about uh, typically, uh, well, not Ronnie anymore. Typically, Keith. By the way, Keith Moreland. I mean, yeah, he, he's yeah, trying. There's a minor likability to him, but overall, he really doesn't give you any tremendous insight. He's like, when it comes to insight, he's a step ahead of Ronnie. He's not quite as colorful as Ronnie. He's not bad. He's just not good. You know, you know you're, I, I agree with you because if if you're going to just make it all about the game and it's so intense and it's all about the game, then you better break it down unlike anything yeah. I've ever and he, heard. And he doesn't. He does not. So it, so if you're if you can you don't have to break everything down on the radio if you're freaking really funny to make it entertaining and he doesn't do either he's like no. in the middle of yep. and he doesn't even seem like he cares I I uh, no they're all disagree with you I think he's trying but I think he's limited talent I mean I, perfectly honest with you big dog and I'm not chowing your cowing I absolutely think you could step in tonight and I mean this in all sincerity you could step in tonight and do a significantly better job than Keith Moreland. And I know the beer Matt Bolts drinks. Okay, <laughs> so I'll get along with Matt Bolts, no yeah. problem. Pat Hughes, I, I think of Pat Hughes as a as as I'm I mean the guy's the greatest play by play announcer alive right now. Obviously Vince sucking up is is the best. But right now Vince is the greatest of all time. But Pat Hughes right now is like he's like Jordan in his prime where you know, Vince Scully's Jordan when he was with the Washington uh, Wizards. You know what I mean? He's, it's his goodbye tour. You know what I'm saying? And Pat, uh, Pat Hughes is just so phenomenal coach that I wouldn't be intimidated working with him because I, I know the guy is just such a good guy that I would have – I honestly believe you. Yes, I could go in there right now, break down the whole National League just as well as Keith Moreland can, and I would actually be able to talk baseball history and have fun with Pat Hughes. I don't know how many hours of tape I've brought, broke down of Pat yep. Hughes and Ron, and Ron Santo t- talking in my life. It's been ridiculous. I know it was only one year, but, oh, my goodness. So I, I, I really think I could step in. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. And don't forget, no one else was crazier. I thought Keith Moreland was going to do a phenomenal job. I was like, they need to hire Keith Moreland, remember? Yep. I was all over that. Yep. I was wrong. Yep. Nice guy. Nice guy. He's trying. At least I think he is, but just not – qualified to be the best of the best, which you should be if you're doing Cub broadcast. By the way, I hope you do not feel used or abused, but I have, over the course of the last eight minutes, Big Dog, retweeted you twice. I hope you're okay with that. Please retweet me. Please retweet me. And to the new listeners... Is there a of, song like uh, that? Please retweet me. Do, do, do. Oh. I, I really appreciate the, the listeners we're getting from the Twitter page. It, it yes. Helps, so I, I, I like it. Yes. So. If you're a Twitter follower, feel free to send us a message. Better yet, give us a call. We are indeed user friendly. Sports Talk Radio eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. We got a uh, email from ESPN producer X. Two guys and a mic fill in co-host Adam Hogue, and it says uh, Robin Ventura confirms Adam Dunn will play left field at Wrigley Field this weekend. I sent him a follow-up. I said, Cubs confirmed they are now working on left-handers hitting to opposite field. <laughs> so it looks like now they're going to put Dunn in left field. But meanwhile, Damian Viseato had a big game last night for the White Sox. What, if, what do you do if Viseato finally gets hot? 
Diane Visaedo, just to let you know. Is it Diane or Damien? It's it's Diane. You sure? (laughs) D-A-Y-A-N. Diane. I just do that to Excuse me, Diane Visaedo. Yes, David. Not to take us off on a tangent here or anything like that. The whole show, basically. But... So, so we've got we've got White Sox Cubs the same weekend as the NATO Summit. Yes. Yeah. Brain trust a Major League Baseball scheduling. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Do you think they actually had the NATO schedule in front of them when they, they, they were doing they've, it? Hasn't it been scheduled here for a couple of years? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, you yeah, think you think they look at that with the shutdowns in public transportation and the roads and everything like that? What a nightmare. Yeah, people. People are like, I can't believe this is it's not sold out yet. And I, I I've been commenting on Twitter about about the NATO stuff. I'm like, do you really want to be in the city of Chicago during that week during this weekend? Do you know like we have tours scheduled, and I don't think the people realize that they're not going to be able to get to them, and we're we're telling them that. So like we we just have one day of nothing but training. I'm going to the East Bank Club, and I know I'm getting downtown on Thursday. I'm leaving on Thursday. I don't even have to be down there, coach. And I'm getting down there, so I don't have to deal with that stuff. I told you, my son's high school has their prom on Friday. He's got a group of about twelve people, and they're heading downtown at about uh, now Friday night. I think the NATO dignitaries come in on Saturday, but they're heading downtown on Friday night at about eleven o'clock to stay overnight and then get out of town on Saturday. So I don't know how that's going to work. I just hope nothing happened. I'm really a little worried, Coach. Well, there were uh, already eight people arrested, I think, yesterday. Not violent. It was very peaceful. In fact, they requested to stay overnight in jail so that they could appear before the judge and make their case. So it was what you would call a peaceful arrest. But nevertheless, the first eight people got arrested. Big deal. What's your estimate? Rough amount of people that will be uh, booked by our fine Chicago Police Department. Not as many as that will be hit by Billy Clubs. <laughs> Don't forget now, you can take video, right, David? How did that is is that legal or illegal now? Videotaping the police? They go, oh, it's, it's legal. It's legal. Legal. You cannot videotape police officers in the city of Chicago. Well, you might be right, David. But at least the police officer who was getting videotaped by my cameraman uh, Robert McCune a year ago told him directly, "You better turn that off. It's illegal to videotape me." That's what that's what he saw. Mm-hmm. I, he, David, you might be right. I'm not saying you're wrong. But I just want to know. A cop told me that it would, that would have been in not a year ago. That would have been in November of 2010. And oh. that was uh, when there was a whole. There was right like during the whole mayoral election and stuff. And and there was a, an issue going down, like somebody screaming outside of a poll. Mm-hmm. And we started videotaping. And a cop came in to intervene. And he was like, and then another cop was like, you got to turn that. And like was screaming at us, like like coming wow. at us. Do you remember, Big Dog, when I went down with you, I escorted you, bodyguard, whatever you want to call it, when you were this year, man, in your outfit at opening day. And at one point, after a couple of cocktails, you, we wanted to take a picture of you. You wanted me to take a picture with yes. the cops. I wanted nothing to do with them. But the point is, to your point, the policemen who were kind of having fun and jovial up to that point, once the camera came out, there, they took a different expression and informed us. In a not-so-gentle way, nothing physical, but in a, in a rather assured way, no. No videos, no pictures. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they got, yeah, that, yeah, then they weren't funny anymore. Yes. Then they got all puffy. Interesting. Just like I am about my Chicago Cubs. Yeah. Now, I interrupted you as we got sidetracked off. Of, I think we sidetracked the well, sidetrack, but you had a comment about Viciato and Dunn left field for the White Sox. Well, 
By the way, Diane Vizcaino went to the Adam Dunn School of Left Fielding. He's not any better out there. So don't, don't act like the, the, like the reason like you can't have Adam Dunn out there because you got to get Vizcaino's glove in left field. Was, I mean, they're both brutal. That was one of my and, tweets yesterday. I said, oh, good, now the Sox can bring Vizcaino in as a defensive replacement. That would be the only time that would ever happen, yeah. ever. That would, if Vizcaino starts hitting, though, that would be fall under the category for Robin Ventura and his coaching staff under the category of good problems to have. I, I, I can, oh, yeah, the, uh, Diane Vizcaino is going to be able to hit. I, I really think if they could find a position for him, uh, which is third base, and, you know, it, uh, there's a couple days of the week, Brett Morrell could play third, the pitcher can hit, and then Vizcaino could be the DH. That would be actually the ideal lineup right now for the, what the White Sox have on their roster. Well, we will see. But he had it. What, what did he broke out of a slump yesterday with a two-run homer, and then later in the game, even a bigger hit was his two-run base hit, right? Because uh, at, the Tigers were up five to two. Are you talking about Brett Morrell? Are you talking about Brett Morrell? No, Vizcaino. Oh, okay, Vizcaino. Yeah, yeah. But they were down 5-2 to two yesterday, and Vizcaedo hit the two-run homer and then got the uh, base hit for a couple of RBIs. They beat the Detroit and Tigers 7-5. to five. But just finishing out the cup, though, Big Dog, bottom line is they're playing good baseball. There's a likability to this team. And um, my FireDaleSwaim.com website might be shut down permanently. I'm starting to like the guy. Well, uh, one thing I want, a couple things I want to point out. As I've, I've brought up the things that I want to see this year is a bunch of stuff about the pitching. But one of them was Tony Campana improving defensively. Because if he's going to be around and be the starting center fielder for the Chicago Cubs and not hit a home run, but, you know, hopefully score 100 runs, he's going to have to be great defensively because his arm is really bad. Coach, he has improved so much in the last month out in center field. It is dramatic. And yesterday there was a play where I, I forget who the Cubs threw out at home play, but there was a – there was a very, it was a double in the gap that Campana cut off, and he was able to stop, turn around, relay the throw to Castro, who threw out the guy at home, and I'm trying to think who it was. I don't think it was Freeze. It was the best I think play it was, of the uh, year. Alan Craig had hit the double, yeah. and I think it might have been. Was it David Freeze that they threw out at home? Might have been David Freeze, or Yadier Molina was next up, but I remember the play. Yeah, and I mean, it was just phenomenal, and I, it was just good to see Campana play. And just like Bob Renly, I just want to say that he took a perfect angle, but he still didn't turn the right way when he threw the ball in. So, he's, like I was saying, he still has yeah. room for improvement. That was great to see. But and, he's, uh, your guy. he's playing with that bounce. You could see it out yeah. in the outfield, that confidence. He's enjoying the game, smile on his face, getting a great jump on the ball. Now, speaking of that play, it was the sixth or seventh inning, and it would have tied the game. Cardinals were having a big rally, probably the biggest single play of the game. Campana hits the cutoff, but what the announcers and you – did not mention, which I didn't notice first time, but on the replay, Starlin Castro goes way out there because Campano's got a weak arm. Yes, he's got and a weak he arm. And he just yeah. turns around from deep, deep shortstop, or call it short left field. He doesn't even have time to look. He just turns and fires, not on a bounce. But oh, it was no. almost Roberto Clemente-esque. That's a little, going a little bit too far. But did you see the accuracy in the arm of Castro on that relay? And not only that, Coach, Woo. he, like, caught the relay with a hop. So, like, when he yep. caught it, he was, like, cocking his arm to throw it home. It was beautiful. It was – and I, you didn't, I, mean, I, I was going to definitely laud Starlin Castro for that because out of the arms, I mean, Campano was like a pop gun to the <laughs> – like, like the guy kicked it to the gun is what it really was. 
It was amazing that throw by uh, bullpen, bullpen came through, too. I think it was uh, you that were asking, you know, Rafael Dolis, who was supposed to be uh, a middle relief guy. You know, his first mm-hmm. year of the majors, first real year, kind of get his feet wet. Well, for a number of reasons, he is now the closer. For your Chicago Cub, that's a big step up. He had a bad outing last time out. You had mentioned, how is it going to be? It will be significant how he reacts next time out. And I think he answered the question a little bit last night, Doug. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know much about him. And I, I just knew that he threw a really, really hard sinker. Well, according to Dan Schulman and according to Aaron Boone, that's the only pitch he has. That's the only pitch he throws. And you know what? I don't think he threw another one, and that's fine with me. I don't care if you're a reliever. And you only throw one inning a game, and you only throw one pitch, especially if it's a sinker. I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully he can actually uh, start blossoming for the Chicago Cubs. And one thing I just – you talked about Dale Swain, and here's one thing. I love the bunting coach, and I love the aggressive base running, because wasn't it cool to see the Cardinals throw the ball all over the field a couple times yesterday? Yes. And, 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 you know, when you – yes, it's a bunt, and yes, uh, you're giving up an out. But you know what? That team still has to make the play to first base. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they throw it away. It happened twice yesterday where the, the Cardinals threw the ball away, one on a bunt and another one on a pickoff, because just because the Cubs were pressuring them with, hey, we're going to take a base. We're going to take a base on you without even getting a hit. And for years the Cubs have been throwing the balls away and not taking extra bases on offense. Mm-hmm. Well, it was the exact opposite yesterday. And in a two-run ball game against the Cardinals, that was massive. Thought- I thought the exact same thing. It's nice to see the Cardinals making mistakes and watching our runners running around the bases and the manager of the Cardinals, Mike Matheny, with that pained look. The only thing that would have made it better is if it was Tony La Russa in the dugout with a pained look, but we'll take any uh, success we can get. Six to four, the final score. You want to talk a little Cub baseball, good, bad, or anything in the vast in between? Big Dog and the coach at your service here. Talk a little baseball, 888-463-6748-888-463-6748. Maybe the shocker of the game, Big Dog, is uh, Alfonso Soriano. I won't mention the nickname that you call him. Actually came up with the big hit of the game under pressure. It was kind of a weird hit, a blooper, but nevertheless, contact, and it had uh, it had eyes. Yeah, it had eyes. And if you make contact, you have a chance to, you know, drive in a run. It's a lot better, you know, the, uh, like we said, you got to force the team to make plays. You strike out, you're not forcing them to do anything. And Soriano has, doesn't have a home run, has very few extra base hits, but we, will, we do know this. During the White Sox series this weekend, he'll be the best defensive left fielder in the stadium. <laughs> oh, that's a sad but true fact. Yeah, you know what? We, we, the Cubs Where's... paid $136 million over eight years, $17 million a year for a guy to basically they were hoping in that eight-year period. Let's, let's be honest, Coach. 250 to 300 home runs was, was their expectation, and he's going to probably hit like 110 with the Cubs. And... Somewhere, Carlos Lee is going to be sitting at home. Watching the left field play in the city series, going, ah, I can do better than that. You guys are brutal. <laughs> oh goodness! Yeah, we, 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 at least the Cubs have Joe Mather for a defensive replacement. I like him too. Good looking dude. Yeah, he's. Uh, I, I need to see more of him to actually see if I'm sold on him. Like how much of a? I, I don't think he's a starter. I've an seen everyday enough starter. of him. He's a very attractive young man. Okay. Oh, Harry Carey now. <laughs> Oh, by the way, one thing on the bunting that I wanted to mention, too. I saw a quote from Dale Swaim in the paper 
because they are bunting a lot, and teams are starting to recognize that. The Cardinals were charging, and they turned a, a double play off a Starling Castro bunt, and they almost turned another one, but Freeze threw it away. But Swaim said, now what we have to work on is the slap shot. Squaring around, if teams overplay the bunt, pull the bat back and slap it right by him. I like that adjustment, Big Doug. Or uh, that I I was I've been calling for that that needs to be brought into the to the offense and also maybe a hit and run every once in a while. You know, Campana can make contact and the idea of hey, you know what? On a two one pitch, we just want they're not going to walk you, Campana. <laughs> the last thing they want to do is put you on the bases, just slap at the ball, forget the bunt. Don't give up and out. Maybe we can create a seam. And trust me, I want Campana on base. I don't want him moving people over because when he's on base. All the pitcher does is stare at the guy. Oh, and then, oh, there's LaHare in the box. Well, I'm worried about campaign of stealing. Well, LaHare's like, thank you very much. Oh, by the way, another adjustment, LaHare, who takes every pitch the other way for a home run, they tried to bust him up under his hand yesterday, mm-hmm. and what did he do? He pulled the pitch down, right down the line for a home run. That was mm-hmm. a great at-bat. Everybody talks about Brian LaHare's nine home runs. That's all the announcers on ESPN kept talking about yesterday, but it's his approach at the plate. It's his batting average. Still strikes out a little bit too much, but beyond the homers, he is a professional hitter up there. He's a man with a clue. And if you're a Cubs fan watching batters the last 5, 10, 15 years, that hasn't always been the case. So it's refreshing to see, Big Dumb, more than the power. Brian LaHare is an intelligent professional hitter. Best way I can put it. I completely agree. And this is a guy that has the Cubs never gave a chance to. And so he just kept working and working and working. So, yeah. uh, you know what? You gotta, you gotta love a guy like that. And, I, my buddy said this to me, and when he said it, the other two people in the room were like, yes, he does. His swing reminds us of Ken Griffey Jr. I know that's people are like, what? He's not, he doesn't have the same body type as Ken Griffey Jr. He's a little shorter and a little thicker. Mm-hmm. But if you watch that swing, Coach, it's like Ken Griffey Jr. Wow. that's. <laughs> I don't know if Brian LaHara wants to hear that. That's. Uh, I'm that's... not saying he's Ken Griffey Jr. He's yeah. not going to. He's not going to hit. He's not going to drive in 145 runs in a season. Okay, I'm not that. Okay, he's not that great of a player. But I really think that he is a qual. Like it, he could be an all-star first baseman in in the major leagues. An all-star first baseman, a guy that hits 300 and drives in 110 runs. I totally believe that. Yeah, or an all-star left fielder if they bring up Anthony. Uh, the answer, Rizzo. But wherever, wherever he is, hopefully. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Phone lines open, folks. Dial it up. Big dog and the coach with you right up until eleven o'clock. Getting out of the baseball fishing out of big dog. Other things to talk about before I forget. Uh, let us not forget that coming up this weekend is the Preakness, the second running of the second leg of the Triple Crown. Always exciting. As I'll have another. We'll battle Bodemeister, and while everybody talks about those two, most likely somebody else will win the race. Any chance? Uh, any chance you'd be watching? <laughs> well, no. At, at that point, what time does the race go off at? I believe four twelve. Live from Pimlico. I will be on the river, so I will not be able to see that. It's very disappointing. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure everybody will be talking about it. So whatever you do, don't tape it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, from Thursday until Sunday, I have no access to a television, Coach, just to let you know. Ladies and gentlemen, Sports Talk host Joel Rodwanski, who will give us his sports analysis without actually having watched any of the games, although that can be done. David, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but uh, 
back in my pre-Joe Radwanski days, we did a show called The Naked Truth About Sports. Our sports reporter, he appeared on other shows, too. You might have heard him. was a guy named Bob Greenberg. He was blind since birth. You know Bob. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really funny. I was just uh, I was just talking about Bob Greenberg with the host that was on before you. Okay. He, he worked with them as well. Yeah. Do you have good things to say? Oh, very good things to say. That's surprising. Very good things to say. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but he was blind, Big Dog. Never could see yeah, I since birth. I, I, I visit Bob in the hospital. I know Bob. I'm, yeah. yeah. And, and you would listen to him, you know, day in and day out, analyze the game, talk about the games. You forgot. The best compliment I can give him is you would forget the fact that he was blind. He, he, he quote, unquote, saw the game or knew the game as well as anybody I've, I've talked to. Yeah, I would have to. I'd have to agree. Yeah. There's there's a there's a bunch of stories about Bob. We don't know if they're true or not, but they, like the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yeah. story. He hates when people bring <laughs> I think, that up. I think that one's true. Yeah, that that's pretty funny. And Kareem, I, I don't know how Kareem handled that, but not not well. What happened? Was, not well. Bob, do you want to relate or should I relay it? Go ahead. Uh, you would probably tell us so much better. Not okay. really. Okay, well, there's a, there's a story where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is playing the Chicago Bulls in the early 80s, like so before Jordan got there. And uh, the old Chicago Stadium locker room is real, real cramped. So and you got a seven-foot, two-and-a-half guy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a bunch of reporters around in. The only time the Lakers are there all year, they're the world champs. And uh, everybody smashed in. And, and Bob Greenberg's sitting down. It's a lot easier for him to sit down, you know, because he, he, you know, that way he doesn't have to worry about he's standing up, losing his balance. Well, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar stands up. And, and Bob Greenberg asks him a question, and he takes the microphone, and he goes to, to put it right by Kareem's mouth. He doesn't realize that Kareem has just stand up, stood up, <laughs> and turned around, and he basically took his microphone and shoved it up right where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's sun don't shine. Yeah. And he held and the he microphone there. He... And, and, and I guess that from what we understand, it's one of the, the craziest <laughs> moments ever in the history of the Bulls' visitor's locker room. Uh, would have been interesting if Kareem would have turned around. That, that might even made for more of a story. <laughs> uh, all right. 888-463-6748. The point is you can be out on the kayak doing your job, giving tours for waterriders.com, and still be able to commentate on the games. Absolutely, because of your outstanding instincts. By the way, uh, over the weekend you were supposed to give a tour to our producer, David Olson. What happened on that particular yeah, well, occasion? What, well, what happened was our uh, our GM... Uh, you know, I got to stay real close to weather.com. Weather.com had thunderstorms all morning, supposedly. I was like, oh, son of a... And, and I know, and our GM's like, oh, we're done. We're closing up. We're cool. So I was like, all right, whatever. So uh, we didn't go to work. And it ends up being, it didn't thunderstorm or rain at all, all day long. Not at all. Not, it was totally wrong. The whole weather forecast was wrong. So, so we, we, I basically, I couldn't hang out with David, and then I missed a chance of actually working this weekend, uh, and I can't really turn down any days of working. Wow. So A, a one-two punch right in the abdomen for a big dog. Uh-huh. Sorry about but that. But this weekend will be good. As a matter of fact, I, I don't know what they're going to do for the rivers, because there, there's probably going to be a, a big police presence on the river this weekend. Yep. Because if, if you think about it, only if you wanted to do something bad, okay, you're going to have a lot easier time moving around the city of Chicago via water than you would mm-hmm. in the streets anyway. Well, I'm sure they got that particular base covered. What uh, is your company taking the weekend off, or are you going to try to give some tours? No, we have uh, we have tours we have tours uh, on Saturday. But, I mean, 
Thursday and Friday are locked in, and 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 he's like, and the guy who runs it is like, or like does all the booking and stuff is worried <laughs> about the uh, the weekend. So we're not doing anything on Sunday, just the training on Sunday. But Saturday we have a tentative booking. He's like, you want might want to be down here this weekend. So now that you've uh, had so, twenty four hours to think about it, yesterday we asked you who would be your ideal national contingent to take on the kayak tour, and you, I believe, said Israel and Benjamin Netanyahu. But uh, have you rethought no, I, that I maybe? Did, no, no, you brought that up. You brought it up. I, there's no question. There's no question who I'm. It would be the Japanese contingent because they freaking tip. <laughs> oh, my goodness, they tip. And I, I don't know how well the Israeli contingent would tip, okay. to be quite honest with you. Is Japan part of the uh, NATO contingency, David Olson? It is not. It is not. Damn! Darn! No, they're they're considered a staunch ally of NATO, but they're not uh, not part of NATO. Very good. Iceland is part of NATO, Big Doug. They'll be there with a a workable contingent. I heard they tip very well in Iceland. Uh, They do. They they tip pretty well. They get a lot more money than you you might think, Coach. (laughs) Now, uh, do you know the, the people, a lot of the people who live on Iceland, you would say, well, why would they have any say in the world? It's because they, they, the people from that lived on the the lost city of Atlantis, which is mm-hmm. really close to where Iceland is, they all moved to Iceland. Yep. Interesting. Oh, so you do this already. That's good to know. Interesting. Thank you very much. <laughs> all right, moving on to the world of sports. Big dog uh, news and notes, titillating tidbits, if you will. Uh, real quick, they did come out with the ACC Big Ten Challenge matchups. A lot of people talking about that. It's become a pretty good event uh, in basketball. Of course, we're talking about the Big Ten has won the last three, so we're on a little bit of a streak. Your Illinois Fighting Illini team will be hosting the Yellow Jacket of Georgia Tech. Oh, that's a good matchup. That's a really good matchup. And Illinois needs to beat down Georgia Tech for all the Chicago players that Georgia Tech gets. I don't know how the, they do it, okay? The, what is Jarrett Jack? He was, wasn't he from Chicago, Coach? Not sure about that. Iman Shumpert? Iman Shumpert was, and you know that, that him going down basically... Gave the Knicks zero chance to beat the Heat. Not that they would have turned it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, that's I, I want Illinois to put a beat down on Georgia Tech, so that's good to know. All right, my Northwestern team hosting Maryland for any Northwestern fans out there. Uh, speaking of NBA and speaking of injuries, Big Dog, we sh- uh, did not mention yesterday, we should have, that Derek Rose's surgery was done. It was done by the head guy, a uh, good friend of the program, by the way, Dr. Brian Cole, head bulls. Um, Surgeon and head doctor, he did the surgery, supposedly was successful. Eight months, eight months, so somewhere in mid-December, there's a chance Derek Rose could return for your beloved Bull. But the surgery was successful. Isn't that weird? I mean, I like the fact that the Bulls have their own, like, specific surgeon. Really, because I, I think there's it, something to say about, like, you know, like, uh, if you know that the guy's going to be there watching games and is going to take pride in his work and be like, that's the knee I reconstructed I want that guy around more than the, you know, oh, yeah, I'm the best and the best in the world. I'll fly in and do this, and Derek Rose will, will mm-hmm. jump like no other. You know, I'd much rather have a guy in-house watching him every day, taking pride, knowing that, hey, you know, Derek Rose, he's going to look you in the eye for the next five years. Yep. So you might want to do this knee right. You know, I mean, I really like that coach. So. Guys, a very young guy. I've actually met him, an acquaintance of my wife is on a committee with him, but I've actually met him a couple times. Very cool guy, very young guy, very personable. And really the guy he had to sell on the surgery was not so much Derek Rose, Big Dog. As you know, it is Reggie Rose that really runs the whole circle around Derek, from trainers 
to players to agents. Reggie Rose is the guy, so he's the one who had to uh, buy into the Dr. Brian Cole experiment. Uh, well, you know, that's, that could be good and bad. I, I do like the fact that it seems like his brother's really yes. taken out for his best interest. Yep, really has so far. And, and so, but, you know, hopefully it's like Derek is the one making the decision. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. not Reggie Cole being like, oh, no, no, no. So. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Reggie has, uh, seems to be, hopefully we're not going to, you know, have some expose come out in about 10 years proving us different, but seems to be extremely grounded and he has not jumped on in the last two years. Reggie Rose took over that role when Derek Rose was like a 12 year old prodigy. And he yeah. kind of he kind of knew he was smart enough, a basketball player himself, to know the potential. And uh, and, and you know, well, all you got to do is look at Derrick Rose's personality, and that's a credit to some extent to Mom and uh, Reggie Rose for keeping him level headed. Uh huh. And I, I and you know what? When his knee went down, when he went down, when Derrick Rose went down, let, let's face, it, I'm a diehard Chicago sports fan. And when he went down, the first thing I thought about, I, I felt bad for Derrick Rose. Don't 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 get me wrong. But like when Jay Cutler went down, I thought about the whole Bears organization. Oh no, what does this, what is this going to do for the season? You know, what does it do for the Bulls? They just signed this guy to a five year, $95 million deal. Are they going to be stuck with, uh, you know, a guy that is happy that he got his money and his knees bad and another guy like Carlos Boozer doesn't even care that he's bad? No, I don't think, I'm not even worried about that. Derek Rose. It doesn't matter that he already got the $95 million or any of that stuff. I really do think he's going to try to get It doesn't matter. He just wants to come back to be the best basketball player he possibly can be. No question about it. You Big can't dog. say that about all players, Coach. You can't say that about every person. Yep. There are 51% of the world to be like, I got my $95 million. I'm going to make sure my knee's good enough to walk again, and, and I, I, I'll be a good basketball player. I don't care anymore. Really, I just want to make sure my knee's okay. And, he really, I think he only cares about, okay, well, let me get this better so I can be the best basketball player yep. in the world. Yep, I would agree with that. A throwback, if you will, and a very pleasant throwback. Big Dog, you got about uh, 45 seconds to comment on. Uh, I wish we didn't have to comment on it, but it's right out there for you, talking about the Roger Clemens, Brian McNamee steroids trial, and McNamee took the chair yesterday, took the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Went up and, and gave his testimony. testimony. Huh? He gave us testimony. Yeah, thank on the you very day. much. But uh, your comments on that trial, and again, it's really not something I want to talk about, but it's out there for us. Nobody is going to say I injected somebody with something if they didn't really inject them with something. Yeah, you can be sure Roger Clemens' lawyers, with about two years to plan an attack, they're going to figure out a way. Yeah, well, they're going to. We'll see. We'll see. This is this is about as ugly as baseball can get. And the idea that I always thought. Uh, Maddox was better than Clemens, by the way. I just, I always thought that. But it's just sad that what is considered the best pitcher of the last generation, you find out that, well, the last, at least the last eight seasons of her, his career is totally tarnished and you can't even take anything for consideration anymore. Eight. Ridiculous. There's, there's your feel good thought for the day, folks. What better way to leave us? And look at the bright side. Big dog, all the baseball will be over in three months and we'll be talking about, uh, Football, in fact, I'm so psyched up for football. Woke up last night, had one of this. This was actually a pretty good dream. Woke up about 3.30 in the morning, and I had a vision. Boom, popped into me that the Northwestern Wildcats were playing for the championship in the Beef O'Brady Bowl in, uh, on January 4th. Those are the kind That's of dreams good. I have. Sorry.
And that would be a really good season for the Northwestern Wildcats, Coach. If, hey, if they could bring home a Beef O'Brady Bowl plaque next year, I think they'd, you know, imagine when you go out recruiting high school stars and you show them the Beef O'Brady Cup or mm-hmm. whatever it is, automatically you're going to bring, you know, it gives you some legitimacy. You know, with, with Northwestern's luck, you guys will freaking go 12-0, and but with the whole new Final Four system, you'll get a horrible matchup and you still won't win your first bowl game. <laughs> All right, big dog. Be good out there. You got a couple of tours planned today, right? No, 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 no. Today is uh, right for the This Year Man blog. I'll get something up ah. hopefully by 6 o'clock tonight. And then uh, after that, I'm going to do nothing but bask in the glory of what is beautiful Aurora on May. What day is it today, Coach? 15. Oh, it's so good not to know the date. Yeah. Go All on. right. Well, beautiful. Rest up and relax. The blog can be caught at where? ThisYearMan.com? ThisYearMan.com, people. <laughs> All right, thank you, Big Dog. Follow me on Twitter and, and Google me. I don't know if I feel right Googling. Go right ahead, Coach. I mean, I know Joe well, but I just don't know if I can Google him like that. All right, have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. David Olson, our producer, our entire staff, Randy Myers, our assistant producer, and all our non-English-speaking interns. Thank you so much for the help. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Don't be late. Two guys at a mic. TalkZone.com. Signing off.